my goodness. There are so many faces on my screen. This is incredible. We're back. It's been a week. Your friends, your pals, Tommy and Val. We're back, the professionals and animal lovers show. I'm going to take singing lessons, Val, I promise, because then when I sing, it won't be as painful for everybody who might just be. I love it. I love it. Just the way it is. I like you just the way you are, Tommy. <laughs> like that. <laughs> I just up? love it when people sing because it's usually like they're happy, you know what I mean? Yes. Or they have a really annoying song stuck in their head. So that yeah. keeps it away. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. um, hi, everybody. <laughs> yes, hello. Pleasure to be back, guys. Love the intro. What's up, Jesse? What's up, Matt? We got guests in the attic, in the, in the virtual attic. We got guests on the show today. Um, you know, Matt, we actually met in person. Jesse, we, I know you for a long time. This is your second time back on the show. If not your third, you're definitely your second. I know that. I don't know if you've been here three times yet. Let me set the stage real quick. Mm-hmm. I have to like kind of, this is one of those things like I have to cross out one of the parts of our mission because it starts off like this. We want to amplify the message that we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. We're all ready doing it. Hold on. I got to. I got a gift from a friend of mine, and she said that over me because this is a thing I say. I say it all the time. No big deal. Just changing the world. No <laughs> big deal. So what are we doing, your pals? No big deal. Just changing the world. We want to support each other in business. We're building. We're putting together a community. We're building a society of people who are focused on helping each other in business, helping each other in advocacy. And we do three things. Well, we do a lot of things on the show, but three things specifically are we learn. We educate, and then we take that learning and that education, and then we use that to advocate. I was just texting my friend Val, and I, I'm not going to just put things out there, but she just said, I was on a phone in front of ours for three hours last night, and I said, wow. And that's one of our animal advocate friends. Maybe it comes up in conversation. Maybe I just blew her privacy. I don't know. That's how the show is, though. This is just real talk. So that's the thing. Lines, right? You are on the front lines with this stuff. Go ahead, please. These are real bonds, and the truth is that I I was reviewing something I wrote a while ago, and it's really like all about imagining a world where every dollar that we spend and every decision we make, if it's, you know, we want to support a specific rescue, if we want to buy lipstick, if we want to um, buy a house, that we're, imagine a world where we sought out compassionate people who have a heart for the animals, you know, because of course we should want those people to flourish and be very successful as well. So that's the world that I believe we're building. And I am just ridiculously excited about it. Can I read that? I mean, this is actually a text Val sent me, which is a screenshot from, I'm assuming it's Facebook. And it says uh, October 25th, which was uh, four years ago yesterday, ironically. And it says, connected an animal-loving mortgage professional to an animal-loving realtor. Refer to pet-loving doctor who needs SEO, search engine optimization. I should have just stuck with SEO. Who needs (laughs) SEO marketing to a digital marketing company who loves pets too. Pet-loving doctor, right? Not that that's his business. He's a doctor, but he loves animals. The digital marketing team, again, animals. Recommended a CPA who loves dogs to a small business owner who also loves dogs. What we think is we believe that these folks have this bond. So I'll go back to their messaging. The message that we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong, and they want to support each other in business and in their personal endeavors as well. So we're building this compassionate network so that everyone wins, especially the animals. (laughs) 
And listen, man, we're like a year into the second year of this show. I mean, it started September 1st of 2021. It is now late October of 22. And we're just super fired up about what's going on. We've done a big Compassion Awards event. We had a big luncheon with a bunch of folks. Matt and his team, uh, Matt Korsky and his team, I want to pull the name right, Green Street Eatery. Matt, that was your food we were eating that day, right? Yeah. yeah. We had a, a bunch of different options for you guys. I think the Thai bowl and some tacos, right? Yeah. And there was these yeah. French fries that were supposed to be like um, mock like bacon ranch fries, I think, right? Talk to me about those. Yeah, the bacon ranch fries are super popular. We started doing those on the food truck a couple of years ago, and um, they are definitely one of the most popular um, side orders that we have on the menu. So mm-hmm. we use uh, like a marinated tempeh bacon that's grilled with our house-made ranch dressing, tomatoes, green onion, and just our roasted potato strips. Um, so let me just let me just start this off by saying our, this episode is called Going Vegan, mm-hmm. okay? And full disclosure, I'm not vegan. Um, I have tried a couple of times, like there's a few different diets, if you will, that we've tried to incorporate. Uh, We went out with friends, they were pescatarians. And I was like, let's try that uh, for 30 days. I I think I lasted maybe two weeks. Then we tried um, flexitarian. What's that mean? Flexitarian? Yeah. It's it's kind of... um, just a, it's a trendy way of saying like, you're really limiting your meat intake, but like, let's say um, five out of seven days of the week, you're eating plant-based and then your flexibility comes in when you want that piece of grilled chicken or like uh, whatever. But Yeah. Person who's primarily vegetarian diet, but occasionally right. eat your fish. Got yeah. it. And then there's vegetarian. We tried that too. Not going to lie. And uh, you know, Unfortunately, we we have failed at this, but this is where I also want to encourage everyone who's watching this and who is vegan to please be patient with people such as myself, um, because there's a lot of people out there who do a lot of great things for animals. I mean, like we know a, a certified animal wildlife rescuer who's out there picking up injured deer and and, you know, falcons and hawks and all of that. And she's not a vegan, but she's doing great things for animals. So please don't hate us because we're not exactly where you are. You know, like you're more evolved than us. You're maybe more disciplined. You have more willpower. That doesn't mean that, you know, we are not amenable or open-minded. So we we need to work together. So let's educate. I'm ready to learn. (laughs) Learn, educate, advocate. That's what it is, man. Nobody's trying to change the world right away but we're trying to make an impact we're just trying to learn and find out other options so look where do we start valerie i know this comes from your idea you you know you set up our two guests today where did you want this conversation to go jesse was talking with us jesse langell why don't we do this you know what i'm going to say where we're going to start jesse 30 seconds on you your firm and the litigation you're doing we'll jump over to matt for 30 seconds and then we'll go into kind of questions and stuff like that is that okay Yes, sir, Tommy D, it would be my pleasure. So I'm Jesse Langell. I'm a consumer protection lawyer in Lower Manhattan, New York. I've been doing a lot of consumer collection defense for about 13 years, but I'm switching over and I'm adding on to my law practice menu, if you will, false advertising in the area of humane washing. Now, this is relevant to your mission, because what I do is I go after meat suppliers who make these representations in their packages about the animals having been humanely raised, 
ethically raised, ethically sourced, things mm -hmm. of that nature, which it's my job as the lawyer on the plaintiff side now to build the case that those representations are false and deceptive and cause my clients injury. So pay up or and change your labels. That's me. I freak. If I need a badass litigator, I never curse in the show, but badass maybe it's not a curse. You're my guy, Jesse Langell. I'm like fired up. I want to go to law school. I'm like ready to go to law school right now. That's how fired up. I, I know, Tom. You said that last time, but you, you trust me. You you already surpassed us. What, oh. you, what you're doing on this end and your your philanthropy and everything else you've done, you are on the right track, my friend. No I need. I appreciate no you saying problem. that. That was very exciting. And um, I hope that we can get you some clients, Jesse. Yes. Um, and our next guest. Matt, Matt yeah. Go ahead. 30 seconds, whatever. We're pretty flexible. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, um, I started a vegan food truck, Long Island's first vegan food truck, uh, four years ago. I was a school teacher for 13 years before that. Um, but we started a Green Street food truck a little over four years ago. Um, and then we opened our first storefront in Levittown last year. And uh, again, continuing to be the first ones. We're the first fully vegan, fully gluten-free uh, restaurant on Long Island. Um, the last few years, we've been voted best food truck on Long Island. And this last year, we also voted oh. best vegetarian restaurant, even though we're completely vegan. Hold on. But, wait, 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 wait. You said you were voted best food truck, not, not best vegan food truck. Best yep. food truck. Wow, food that's truck huge. Yes, Way to there's go. a lot of food trucks on Long Island. Yeah, it's grown exponentially in the last few years. So it's wow. um, right. definitely wow. a uphill battle. A lot of people didn't think it was, uh, you know, maybe a wise idea to start a vegan food truck on Long Island. But uh, there's definitely a need, and there's a market, kind of like where Jesse's at with his litigation. Mm. You know, there's a lot of need for that, and there's a going to be someone that needs to fill that spot. And uh, I think Jesse's doing great. That sounds amazing. I'm excited to hear more about that. But as far as like uh, vegan food on Long Island, it's it's grown and people are open to trying new things. And like the bacon ranch fries that you were talking about before, yeah. perfect opportunity for people to step into trying something that they uh, already kind of feel comfortable with. You know, they already probably like bacon ranch, all that good stuff. And then we mm -hmm. you know, just do their own little spin on it. Um, and it, mm -hmm. try to do everything as, as much whole food plant-based as possible to not only have a taste, but it tastes good, but also be good for, for themselves as well. So isn't there's sort of one second, I just want to make sure I have the right website, green street, uh, green street eatery.com. Is that how I have, I got to find it. I just, yep. green .com. yeah, all right. I put it on uh, Facebook for everybody. You know, it's funny. Like when you think about people transitioning and, you know, from, whatever their diet was prior to this, you know, I, I think there's ways and, and Jesse, please chime in. Cause I know you're on this journey yourself. Um, is it important, Matt, from your perspective to make the food look and feel and taste like some of the stuff we have had? I mean, if you're making something called, you know, bacon ranch fries with not real bacon, obviously, I mean, we're going in that direction, right? You're trying to help people and support them. Yeah, I think uh, for people at the beginning, it's really important to kind of uh, choose those items that you're already familiar with and to not step too far out of bounds uh, into the, you know, unknown, because although a lot of the flavors are going to be very similar, they're going to be different. You know, people come they're like, Oh, this, this cheese doesn't taste anything like, you know, real mozzarella cheese. I'm like, 
it's not because it's not the same <laughs> ingredients. It's not made the same. It's going to taste similar, but once you try it a little bit more, you're going to like it. It's like anything else. Like there's sometimes there's some foods you have to, you know, kind of get accustomed to. Um, but that's what I tell a lot of people. Like when you first go vegan or when you're stepping into that idea of moving in that direction, think about the foods that you already enjoy. And if you're someone that likes to cook, find some recipes that are similar to what you're already enjoying so that it's not a huge transition period. It's like if you're someone that's eating McDonald's and, you know, Burger King every day of the week, and now you're going to go on a, you know, just kale salads and like, you know, like that's not going to happen. You're going to fail. Set yourself up to fail. Right. And I want to say one quick thing too, what Val said earlier, you know, about being compassionate for each other. I think it's really critical for people to be compassionate for themselves and give yourselves a pass. I mean, you're making, you know, if you're making this transition, it's a big situation. You're changing a big habit. I mean, there's so much wrapped into the meal. You know, this, the meal is not just, you know, sustenance and putting food in my body so I don't get a headache. It's the, it's the meal is us together as people, as family, it's all that stuff. So yeah, you have to be compassionate anytime. In, in my opinion, you're making a change. You have to be compassionate on yourself. I have yeah. a litany of questions, but I feel like I'm going to save them for the next segment because I see we have to go to break soon. But Are we there already? Now I'm mad about breaks. Is I know, I know. The breaks right. kill me. They, they kill my train of thought. However, um, I just want to let you guys know that for me, um, one of the most helpful things uh, coming from our good friend, Joanne over at HSUS, um, you know, she, she too is not completely vegan. She's, I would say maybe 90% there, but you know, she, she says like, even if the entire country just did one meatless day, meatless Monday is a program that they've been pushing for a while it would have a huge impact, you know, um, on, on the amount of meat that would need to be produced to fulfill everyone's, you know, shopping, whatever. But the point is that little changes also add up. So if we can, you know, maybe take that in, in something like bite-sized nuggets, no pun intended, you know, um, cold turkey, also no pun intended, might not be for everybody. Cold, what? Cold tofu. You, and, oh, and, oh, uh, you <laughs> that sounds delicious. No, but I'm just saying like ripping off the bandaid and, and, you know, going all in hundred percent may not be the right path for everyone. You know, I, I know it didn't work out for us. So anyway, um, I'll save, I'll reserve some of my questions for after we come back. All right. We're going to go to a break. I'll share uh, greenstreeteatery.com. I'm going to share it when we go to break. So you'll see it if you're watching on Facebook. If you're not, check out Facebook Pal Show, Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. I got the mac and cheese. It looks unbelievable. On the website. <laughs> I'll show that when we go to when we go to break. Um, yeah. What, you know, I I don't know what I was going to say. This is Professionals and <laughs> Animal Lovers Show. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. On edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. And I'm still sharing the page, greenstreeteatery.com. Here's the story. I love stories. You know, I love the mom and pop business. I love that first generation, second generation, third generation story. You know, uh, I just love those things because it's people getting out there, finding something they're passionate about and getting out there and doing it. And that, Matt, I see you and Caroline and see that's like what it is, right? Like that's some, now go, I want, I want to go, I know Val's got questions, but this triathlon thing that I just read on the website, you know, it's funny, like how can you run? You can't be an Iron Man on like, like kale alone, man. Like you can't do that. Like you need meat. Don't don't you, you need protein, right? Like you need red meat and like burgers and steaks, right? Isn't that how you have to? No. Yeah, well, that was uh kind of my my thought. I I mean, I went to school. I was a phys ed teacher. You know, I was a um, health educator. I got a master's degree in health education. And my my whole upbringing was with the idea that you need meat, milk, eggs. You know for the protein, for, to, you know, fuel any type of uh, athletic endeavor that you're going on. But when I was um, embarking on uh, my triathlon journey towards completing an Ironman, I read a book called Finding Ultra by Rich Roll. Um, He's gotten a really great podcast that kind of inspired me to maybe move in a different direction and it blew my mind that he had done these ultra, even farther distance than Ironman. It's like pretty much a, a double or triple Ironman, all on a vegan diet, which led me to kind of do a little bit deep dive into more about veganism. Um, and mm. my Ironman uh, was done fully vegan. I went vegan, cold turkey, cold tofu. You did, um, cold tofu. Yeah. Um, so for me, it, it it's just kind of how I how I work, you know, something where I have to be all in or all out. I can't dabble with something because I'm not going to, it's not going to work for me. But uh, for me personally, it had a huge um, benefit physically, mentally, emotionally, because when you're eating more whole foods and more plant-based items, 
Um, one is less acidic, so your body can recover faster, has less inflammation, uh, so again, your body can recover faster. And uh, the food that you're eating is more uh, available for your body to absorb and use right away. So yeah, I think the health, the, the health benefits are certainly substantial. And we, I think most of us have seen some kind of a documentary about this stuff, but I am very curious about the journey. Like, Jesse, did you go cold, cold tofu, <laughs> cold tofurkey, or, or were you more inclined to cut things out slowly over time? Or what did you do? You know, I went cold turkey. And the answer is because my understanding of veganism, a lot of people become vegans because they usually experience what's called a conversion moment. Something mm -hmm. hits them mm -hmm. and then they, they're stirred to action. Now, for me, it was a series of books and documentaries similar to what Matt had just said about the Rich Roll book and his triathlon experience. There's a documentary called Game Changers which I've seen that one. one. Yeah. I've seen that one. So it's athlete after athlete after athlete that are competitors and they're high performing competitors on a fully plant-based diet. I adopt Matt's position that not only is it okay, I adopt the position that's imperative for you to avert disease and avert the number one cause of death in America and worldwide, which is related to diet. So I take the position, it's imperative we switch mm. to a plant-based diet. And Matt would be seriously supported by our good friend, Dr. Gregor. I don't know if Matt knows Dr. Gregor. He's my current hero and author. He's a plant-based yeah. physician. Matt, do you know him? Yeah, I don't know him personally, but I've read a lot of his stuff and his um, his website is amazing and uh, really mm -hmm. good really good information. Yeah, love oh, it. So, so let me give you a real life challenge, right? This yeah. is, I'm just gonna speak from our experiences because I know I'm not the only one, <laughs> but like I do cook a lot. I, I actually enjoy cooking and find it therapeutic. Um, one of my goals, I meal plan every, every week, usually twice a week because oh, I just found that if you go sh shopping once a week, stuff goes bad. Anyway, so we meal plan and I always have the goal of a couple of batches of food to be able to be frozen and utilized for leftovers at a later date, right? So it's kind of like I'm stockpiling my own little TV dinners, whether it's soup or whether it's, you know, chili or whatever. So one of the challenges that I found was creating these, these plant-based dishes without like a typical protein, right? And having that ability to stock pile stuff up. So when I didn't have my stockpile that was like healthy and ready to go to, I found myself struggling and I would eat like a bag of Doritos for lunch. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to go super bad for you. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't want to gain weight. This is my struggle. This is one of my personal struggles. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to eat all. Uh, I don't know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, the key for that, I mean, I've, I've got three kids, you know, I went vegan. Uh, we had uh, one daughter with one on the way and now we've grown to three. Uh, mm -hmm. And as a, you know, busy dad, you know, married, having three kids, it's definitely tricky to, to meal prep and have everything ready. Cause I know exactly how you're feeling. If, if stuff isn't ready, you're just going to go to the first thing that's open and ready. That's, you know, going to, satisfied your taste buds and satisfied your you know your stomach mm -hmm. uh, that's growling but like with the meal prep something similar to like if you're making like uh let's say black bean burgers 
those are really easy to do as a burger. Mm-hmm. You can also shape them as like a meatball. So then you can do like spaghetti meatballs. You could also just crumble them up and do it as like a, like a bolognese, like a meat sauce. You could use that in a taco. Um, and then you can also just use those black beans in, let's say, like a burrito bowl, or you can have it again. Mm-hmm. In tacos. We do a lot of Mexican food. But so it's versatile. One, thing, one like black bean burger, it could be five different things using just a couple different ingredients. So if you're doing like spaghetti and meatballs, now all you have to do is, you know, boil up some water, make some spaghetti, yeah. some sauce on. If you want to jazz it up, you could, you know, have some steamed broccoli, some mushrooms. You're doing a burger, you could have it like that. Same thing with the tacos. Like it's not a, really difficult to just chop up some tomatoes, have some avocados. And then for that same thing, you could then have it as a, a burrito bowl. If you have some brown rice already pre-made, you can have mm-hmm. it that as- But do you find that there's a lot of carbs in these recipes in general? Like I, I, that's another problem I had. I found myself adding to whatever I was making. It would be, I was doing it with pasta. I was doing it with rice. I was doing it with couscous. You know what I mean? Like- Well, it just kind of depends on what you're- choosing to kind of consume like carbs itself you know mm-hmm. it's kind of bad rap but they're extremely beneficial they're they're necessary for us it's mm-hmm. part of what fuels us um mm-hmm. just longer lasting energy so if you're choosing a lot of uh pastas you could choose one that's a little bit healthier there's some that are made out of like uh mung beans and beans that are you know, really beneficial, high in protein. So you're going to be getting. I've seen chickpea pasta. Yeah, I would. I would like to try that. Justin, let me ask you a question. Are you one of those people who we we tried this too? We tried the, I guess, um, imitation meats, uh, whatever you want to call them. Now, I am a fan of the Beyond Burger. I will order that in a restaurant. I think it's completely delicious. Um, but I found myself when I was using like just egg, right? to make breakfast, like scrambled eggs, whatever. And then we were using um, a crumbled sausage, but it wasn't sausage. It's, you know, this is like processed stuff, right? So again, in the hopes of trying to be healthy and all of that, like, I don't want to substitute too much with the, with the fake stuff, you know, the, the impossibles and the beyond meats. But I'm just curious, like, what do you do? Like if, if you're cooking or if you're going out, are you ordering a lot of that alternative meat stuff no i don't buy into the alternative meat stuff i was actually looking today at whole foods the difference between beyond burger Mm -hmm. and tofu guess which one had like 20 ingredients it cost three times as much beyond guess which was simple and good for your health Uh uh-huh yeah it was the tofu yeah i keep it simple let me just tell you in one second two seconds three seconds what i eat generally i'm a simple guy i'm a little bit of a disciplinarian but this is what i do i ensure that i eat two very big salads per day with a a bunch of different herbs a bunch of different vegetables everything to get the antioxidants the dark leafy greens everything to get the iron i put in various nuts whether it be walnuts pumpkin seeds i put in spices i put in turmeric i put in nutritional yeast with the B12, because vegans have a concern with not getting B12 and vitamin D. So you just take those two supplements and don't worry about anything else. Everyone's so worried about not getting protein, not getting protein. There's protein in all these natural foods and Uh. complete amino acid chain profiles. Look, you got to just dispel the myth, the protein myth, all that is absolute nonsense. I personally believe if you spend two minutes with an esteemed physician of our time that advocates plant-based nutrition and with Matt, 
you're going to learn in two seconds that it's actually very simple. You don't have to overcomplicate and trying to figure out ways to detach yourself from reality and figure out, okay, what can I eat? Just go simple. Fruits, vegetables, grains. And you're worried about carbs? Bring on the carbs. You want really? whole grains. We need to go with whole grains, whether that be quinoa, barley, oat, anything that um, provides you the fiber. Because the real issue here is fiber. People don't get enough fiber. And mm. carbohydrates are good. Like Matt said, they fuel your brain. Our brain runs on glucose our energy goes on glucose not from plant protein from glucose so you want to go with whole grain foods that literally give you the energy you need trap water trap calories by the way which help lose weight okay in the process so you can eat as much healthy food, healthy plant-based food as you want and still lose weight during the process which i've done over the course of the last year I just want to tell you, you make me feel like I can do it. Like you guys make me actually believe I can do this. <laughs> should we challenge each other to something? Maybe we don't. Well, uh, think, maybe we should. Let's think about it. We don't have to do well, it. I have more questions before I can. Yeah. I I, haven't challenged you yet. I haven't challenged me, but I will tell you this. Right before Jesse said quinoa, I pulled it up. It looks like quinoa. It's actually pronounced quinoa like Jesse knows. <laughs> The man is very well read, so he knows how to pronounce that word. But I will tell you, Valerie, I take some quinoa. I haven't done this in a while because sometimes my own uh, poor preparation or lack of preparation creates that similar situation where, like, before I found some oatmeal because I hadn't eaten and it was like one o'clock, one thirty, right before the show today. And I made some oatmeal just because I had to get something. But that could have easily been, you know, a bag of chips if I saw the chips way before I saw the, the oatmeal on the on the on the counter but quinoa i take some garlic some onions put them in a pan fry them up i throw quinoa has been cooked now so i throw the quinoa in there and i make it almost like um vegetable fried rice like you get from the chinese restaurant yeah. and you can be you can have a lot of fun with this stuff it's not like see i think it's a big thing about mindset and then we'll go to a break but the mindset in the set says oh no i can't eat anything anymore right or holy cow this is incredible look at this wide world look at all these colors look at all these these greens yeah. and and wow let me and not to mention these two men telling us about they feel better the guy runs freaking triathlons i'm not running yeah. a triathlon no matter how yeah. healthy That's it my, is a mindset it, it is a mindset and oh, i do struggle with the thought of thanksgiving go ahead i'm sorry all right so maybe we'll do it the, maybe we'll do it that friday after thanksgiving <laughs> before thanksgiving before thanksgiving uh, well before thanksgiving. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. You, you may, we're trying to we're trying to have the right mindset, Matt. This is <laughs> before Matt makes me commit to missing turkey. We'll be right back. This is back. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. 
Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. And we're back. The show is called Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. My partner is called Valerie. And I'm Tommy D. What's up, world? Welcome back. All right, so we're back. So listen, you know what? Aside from – so while we were at break, I shared Jesse's firm uh, website, VeltLangelFirm.com, L-A-N-G-E-L, firm.com. And, and let me tell you something. The, the fact that you can be healthier by doing this is incredibly special, incredibly important. But then how about, do you know this? We don't have to go too much into it unless Matt or Jesse is knowledgeable in this, in these matters, but the planet gets healthier when we do things this way, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's probably something nobody wants to talk about, but it was in one of those movies. I have game changers up on this, but there was another movie. might've been forks over knives. It was one of these mm-hmm. Netflix ones. It's not a Netflix movie, but it was on Netflix. And it was like the, I think it's North Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. the, whole state of north carolina stinks like burps and farts like of it's methane and the methane is jesse can you help me with that because i think you probably have some information on that oh, one. Oh yeah i mean there's tons of documentaries now the one i saw was what the hell which i found to be transformative yeah. and uh, showing the destruction to the planet particularly the loss of biodiversity yeah. which is so staggering it's not even comprehensible mm. and the facts show that Meat agriculture is responsible for more environmental damage than transportation or their neck and neck. It's basically has climbed to be the worst offender of climate destruction of any single industry on planet Earth. All those beef, all those cattle that are made into burgers, which, you know, the tragic slaughterhouses, that's another episode of this show. But all that is just, again, they're human. They're not human. They're living beings that that release gases that actually affect the planet. Right and excrete waste into the waterways. So they're polluting the water, which Mm. is giving these municipalities tons of problems. They're affecting people's right to enjoy their own property. Biggest case of the last couple of years was the MacGyver case, where Smithfield, the world's largest pig producer, was sued for creating a public nuisance in the communities in North Carolina Mm. for the disgusting putrid smell that invaded these people's homes, that these pigs actually produced bacteria in their feces that made it through people's windows and doors and landed on their stoves. That's part Ew. of the case, part of the evidence in the case. It's gotten so out of hand. It's incomprehensible. I mean, look, I call these cases trifecta disaster cases because no matter which angle you look at this problem from, it is indefensible. Whether you want to start with health because everyone's interested in their own health, no problem. Go see Matt down at the, the green food truck Read the book by uh, Dr. Greger or any one of the China study, any one of these plant-based study type treatise books. And then aside from health, okay, which we know causes heart disease, cancer, stroke, and all the other diseases of our time. But yes, ethics, ethics. A lot of vegans become vegans because of the ethical philosophy. Mm -hmm. In ethics, you cannot turn a blind eye to what's actually happening. The violence Mm -hmm. is hidden. 
It's hidden violence. So my recommendation well, for your authors is to, um, you know, for, for your audience, if I were to suggest one book on this whole issue, especially ethical philosophy, it's this book by renowned psychologist Melanie Joy. The title of the book is Why We Love Dogs, Eat Pigs, and Wear Cows. You read that, you are likely to become vegan instantly. Really? I want to say something about this issue too. Um, <clears throat> it was brought to my attention by uh, a neighbor of mine from, from my old uh, neighborhood, and she's vegan. She's really cool. She's got a cool look, and she drives around in a Jeep, and her entire Jeep is covered with, like, cowspiracy and porks over knives and, like, recommending all these movies for people to see. But anyway, you know, she said to me, something that a lot of people just don't talk about is um, the workers of, of these places, the slaughterhouses. and um, the, uh, the factory farming, because, uh, a lot of times, unfortunately they are in areas that are not very affluent and the people that are working there are often, uh, immigrants. They're, they're not even, uh, lead, they're not documented. Um, and there is a ton of depression. Can you imagine if you felt like you had no choice in terms of putting food on your own table than to actually go to work and be the person who's, who's killing animals? or hurting them, you know, to their death, that to me is un unimaginable. That's where that, that also hits me too, because I, I really feel like that is a travesty that most people don't consider, but the mental health issues, the alcoholism, the, the feeling of being trapped, like where's an illegal immigrant going to go? Or what are they just going to walk away from wherever they're living and hitchhike to something they hope is better? You know what I mean? So they're being taken Valerie. advantage of, they're being exploited. Valerie, you have to understand, I couldn't agree with you more, and I'm glad you're doing your homework. Some of these poor immigrants, a lot of them undocumented, a lot of them forced to work in slaughterhouses, they're not even allowed bathroom breaks. They have to wear diapers, some of these reporters unveil. They have to wear diapers. They're too scared to ask for a bathroom break, let alone oh a raise, or, or let alone better humane rights. What would you do if you work in a slaughterhouse and all day, 10,000 times, you have to stick a pig in the throat with a knife? They're called stickers. Do you think you're going to be a well-adjusted individual if you're killing 10,000 pigs a day by sticking oh, a knife in that pig's throat? Of course you're going to be screwed up. These are these are oh, really, God. really depraved human rights issues that I believe are no longer tolerable under any circumstance. Well, what I do we do? imagine what that sounds like. Yeah. You're killing something. You're killing. That's tragic. What do you, Jesse, where, like, again, we can't solve it right this second, but Yes, we got to read the books. Yes, we got to get involved. Yes, and if it's appropriate for somebody's lifestyle, go vegan, vegetarian, whichever. How do we make a bigger change? Because I get I get very pissed off and frustrated about a lot of things. Um, and I'm not defeatist, but sometimes it's very, uh, I don't know, overwhelming. Very simple. And my friends try to oppose me all the time on this issue. They try to engage kind of in whataboutism. They say, well, you can't solve the problem overnight. So don't even worry about it. Worry about different issues. Worry over here. Worry about starving kids in Africa. Worry about child molestation and human trafficking. No. All you need to do is take personal responsibility and stop putting your dollars into the coffers of these companies that are doing this. You vote with your dollars. If enough of us stop giving them the money to finance these operations, they would change their practices. So it's a personal responsibility issue. And it always been that way. It always will be that way. The problem is worldwide, people are eating more and more and more and more meat. Third world countries are following our lead from 50 years ago when it comes to industrialization of these animals. And it's just, 
such a disheartening sign because it's like progress. Where's the progress, especially in countries we can't control? It's a very, very bad situation. But if you do your part and not finance these operations, not vote with your dollars, then that's all you can do for the moment. If you want to get involved, put together a beautiful po po uh, podcast like this or or have be one of my clients and let me go after these, these, these institutions that murder animals, I'm happy to do that. We all have our different skills and talents. Pursue whichever you think is most suitable for you and how you can make an impact. That's all I would say. Can I just ask a question about you? By the way, I'm almost crying. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm feeling like guilty. Um, Don't feel guilty, Valerie. No, compassion, Valerie. Be compassionate. We're learning. I, this is great. Right. We need to address these so, issues. This is happening. But, I would I say no. Question. Sorry. Quick. Quick. Maybe not. This. This could be good for you. Um, you know, I have been told, and I, I kind of, I do understand it to a point that like the egg industry is one of the cruelest industries from what I was told, right? From people I definitely trust in this space. <laughs> However, my question is, what about like, if you are buying from like, the, like a local guy who's, who's taking really good care of the chickens, you know, um, and you're eating the eggs from there, like, what is problematic about i'm just challenging anyone because yeah. to me if if the issue is with the care of the animals and how poorly they're treated if they're treated well and they're producing eggs anyway because that's what hens do what is wrong with eating that you know? well the eggs if they're i mean besides your own personal health aspect of it you know eggs obviously are really not good for us as far as the cholesterol saturated fat but um, they're just really not meant for us. And again, if you are going to choose to be more flexitarian or choose to have a little bit more animal products within your diet, you're right. Like the best choice would be to go to find like the local farmer and meet them and know exactly what they're doing. Um, and when I worked for a nonprofit before, that's the advice that I would say, like, if you're going to choose to have eggs, and that's totally fine. It's, you know, personal choice know where they're actually coming from because as jesse's saying you know the these companies love to put out a lot of false information about where the eggs are coming from how the chickens are raised all this stuff mm -hmm. but majority of it is false it's it's completely misleading mm -hmm. um, but if the eggs aren't being used then uh the chickens themselves would then eat them or they would kind of be nourishment um mm -hmm. for the earth and it comes all the way back compost yeah because that was a big struggle for me that was part of my struggle because eggs are in everything like they're they're, they're in a lot of stuff you know what i mean like they're in salad dressings like caesar salad whatever they're they're in baking they're in you know breakfast <laughs> like that was a big component of of um our struggle i feel well, for me personally like i said i went vegan initially just for my own personal uh, choice of trying to become a better athlete. Mm -hmm. But after I read the China study, and then I started to learn a little bit more about the environmental and ethical implications of eating animals, that's what set it in stone that I would never go back to eating animals, especially with the chickens. Like when eggs are hatched, if it's found to be a male chicken, they can't be used. So they're thrown away, you know, either in the garbage can, they're, they're drowned, or they're just ground up alive. 
And so when I learned this information, yeah. um, it hit me like a ton of bricks, knowing yeah. that these, you know, innocent little animals are being brutally killed just for no other reason because people like to fry them up in the morning. Um, and it's not good for those people that eat them, like health-wise, and it's not good for the planet. Um, but for me, that's what helps me to kind of stay the course. I've been vegan for almost 10 years now. Um, yeah. And just thinking about any of this stuff that we were just kind of yeah. touching the edge on is enough for me to like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Like I'm sitting here petting my dog Hudson, who's underneath the table that I'm sitting at. And uh, I remember sitting there like soon after I went vegan, just looking at them and like, these these dogs that we love to have in our houses are no different from the cows that are, you know, being raised for our milk or for meat or, you know, the chickens, they all have emotions and feelings. Um, and for me, it just, it's became a deeper connection and a deeper reasoning for me of why I choose to continue to do that. Um, but, you know, like you said, it's, it's never, it's not going to be a perfect world, you know, um, making small choices every day can combined with everyone's have a huge impact. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not about perfection, you know, like for me personally, like I choose this way because it feels the best for me. It feels right for me ethically. And being that I have kids, like it, it feels right to raise them this way, but my kids aren't vegan. Uh, they don't have any meat really my middle one. She likes Turkey. Um, so she'll enjoy it on Thanksgiving, unfortunately. Um, but she enjoys it. And, you know, like I want to raise them in a way that they're going to choose to hopefully go vegan. And if they don't, they don't, uh, mm -hmm. it's your own personal choice. Um, but it's definitely not an easy task, um, living vegan in this world and kind of doing this stuff. But I think for me personally, it's the right way, but mm -hmm. again, that's my own personal journey. So it's, uh, something mm -hmm. you have to kind of find your own course on. Yep. You know what I'm super interested in? And I, I just heard about this recently. I think I heard about it on Shark Tank. I'm not sure. But anyway, I believe it's Cuban. Mark Cuban is investing in a company that's researching ways to um, clone meat. I mean, without an actual animal. So like, let's say you have a steak. You have the steak and then they're, let's say, pulling out, I don't know, a biopsy of it. I don't really know, but they're able to then replicate that. Is that a good thing? Like, how do we feel about that? I think it's super interesting and, and very original for sure. We Mark Cuban on the show. That's probably what we should do. Let me text Cuban. We'll see. We'll yes. get him on. Stem cell meat. They're, they're making progress with that, Valerie, but it's so overly prohibitively expensive and maybe in 20 years it'll work. But I say, why play the psychological game still? Just eat your beans. Just eat the natural food you were designed right. to eat instead right. of having to recreate nature. We're already having enough problems with the GMO and all sorts of nonsense. <laughs> Just go plant-based and call it a day. Yeah, see, I wanted to, we got to go to a break because we're way over and we're going to run out of time to even come back and do a second oh. a third, if we don't leave soon. But I will tell you this. I watched, I love YouTube. I learned so much on YouTube. What a, it's just a leveled playing field. We can learn so much. But I watched on YouTube, maybe it was, no, it was definitely YouTube. I was going to say TikTok. But these guys made a steak, which was not a steak, but they used it as like, um, 
maybe nutritional yeast and spices and like whatever. And they were able to make the texture of the steak and then they cooked it. And if you need to feel like you're eating a steak that bad, Val, I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to everybody. If, if we're so, I like a steak. I really do. But you know what? Because of all the stuff we're talking about, I could certainly put it away. Um, but there's alternatives that can make us from our head think we might be eating the thing. You remember, <laughs> reminds me of the Matrix. When the guy, when he's eating a steak, um, you, know, you know, the guy, one of the Matrix guys, you remember this movie, he's eating a steak, and but it's, he goes, I don't even know if they know how the computers know what a steak really tastes like. So maybe yeah, there's yeah. a way we can trick ourselves, which I think is, is, is a mindset thing. It's part Marinated of portobello mushroom. That's I've a done good that one. I love that. It's great. That's a good one. Home run. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Marinated we'll with some like steak seasonings. Yeah. When we get back, I just want to give my two two second response to the labeling issue that Valerie brought up with the, the cage free and the pasture raisin and all that stuff, just so I could give my two cents as, as an advertising lawyer with significant experience. Well, I would say worthy experience in that area. When we come back. When you come back, and it's all over Jesse's website. If you go to the langelfirm.com, and then there was a section where I was showing you all on Facebook hover over false advertising, go down to what is humane washing. I'm going to go to what is we need to take a break. Professionals and I don't love your show. We'll be right back. I hate the break. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Val, tell them we're back. We are back, and I really want that grilled mac and cheese. <laughs> and I want it, like, now. <laughs> See how many donuts he's got on this website, though? So we're not talking about carving out sugar, I think, because there's a lot of uh, a lot of donuts on this website, or at least the ones I, I saw some donuts, Matt, right? We like donuts out there? Donuts. Yeah. My wife is the one that makes all the donuts and uh, does all the baked goods for us. She um, She's been hitting it out of the park with all their big goods and everybody yeah, and I, I, let me just let me just say this i saw that you guys got into subway recently with the sweet treats right portion of your menu 
And that is something, again, I want to just support it. Let's, let's applaud it and celebrate. That's a win. There are some people who would look at that and say, oh, I can't believe a vegan is going to let Subway sell their product when they sell turkey and this and that. We need to support all victories, right? What is that victory? What, what happened there, Matt? Um, I'm not sure if you have the, the right information. We The store that we took over was a Subway. I know that uh, my good oh, friend, no, Dan, who actually started um, uh, a place called Plant Daddies in Oceanside, Oh, I thought uh, it was actually, Subway. Okay. All right. Well, anyway. Yeah, so we took over Subway. a Subway, which is amazing. <laughs> and the Subway sign, we converted to say vegan for the same kind of like uh, logo branding. Oh, bigger yeah, win- all right. I got that one wrong. But my whole point is that if I cut out beef, okay, yeah. hypothetically, if I said, you know what, I'm going to go one thing at a time, right, which some people do. If I cut out beef, that is a huge victory, at least for my household. Yeah, totally. Now, it was that's a big direction. Thing. Yeah. Um, every step matters. Yeah. And Jesse, to your point about the labeling, I want to let you know a few years ago, we went to Whole Foods for a turkey for Thanksgiving. And they have like a rating system basically on how the, their turkeys were, were raised, right? So, like, I forgot, I think there's four numbers, but like, let's say four was like the most humane well-fed, you know, cage-free, yada, yada. And the number one might be like, you know, it's in a cage, but it's this big. And so the advertisements that you want to bring up, are they also relative to turkeys? Are we talking just chickens right now? Everything. All those self-regulated assertions. Like you got to keep in mind, these people, they're making up their own claims. Okay. The area of labeling and animal welfare if there is any regulation on which there probably is not, the companies make up their own definition unless they have a certifying agency. They just try to pawn off the mm-hmm. humane claims and mm-hmm. put the burden on the consumer to go look up Gap. You referenced Gap of Whole Foods, the five-step process. And by the way, I know the guy who had a helping hand in starting that. And you know what he says about that? He says it's nonsense. Okay. Farm Forward, they just sued Whole Foods. Farm Forward had a pivotal role in creating gap and i know i'm saying this and who knows they might try to come after me but this is my first amendment rights play here and i know from a fact just because i've done my research that they sued whole foods and they put the public on notice that this whole gap scheme is nonsense Gap, jesse tell us what gap is we don't know yeah gap is global animal partnership it's a certification where the certifying body says give me money for an application i also probably want royalties five cents a sold product and we'll let you use our insignia of humaneness everything is hunky-dory over here if an inspection is done maybe it's once a year maybe 15 months and you can go ahead and use our label to substantiate to the public that the animals that you are raising in intensely confined conditions and killing as infants is in fact humane when we know it's not true it defies common sense but also you're paying more you're paying more for that same product because you believe that it was raised more humanely of course it's it's fraud it's fraud Uh and it's deception and that's why lawyers like me got to get in and use these statutes because identify this issue as probably the biggest consumer fraud i've ever experienced in my entire life wow 
by the way, you don't believe me, go do a FOIA request. I did a bunch of FOIA requests. Go to the federal government, okay? Because the federal government is supposed to pre-approve when it comes to meat and poultry, when it comes to beef and poultry, they're supposed to pre-approve special claims, they're called, which relate to animal welfare. So you want to say humanely raised, you want to say ethically raised, you want to say responsibly raised, you want to say humaneness, humane that. They're supposed to pre-approve the claim. And it's supposed to protect the companies from suit under this doctrine of preemption, which I have fought in my own cases, and I feel like I um, succeeded in that regard because wow. I think it's absolute nonsense. But my point is, see what they substantiate to the government. Look what their proof. If you mm -hmm. can say that that mm -hmm. substantiates humanely raised, then I will stand corrected. I yet to see a properly substantiated set of documents supporting the claim humanely raised. Mm -hmm. Whatever that means in the context of factory farming, which by itself is an oxymoron. Mm -hmm. How can you humanely raise an animal to grow obese and die in six weeks? Can you do that? How is that humane? How is that humane? It's not humane. Jesse, we gotta, I, I got to pause you, and I love your passion. I never, ever want to stop you. There's only one other thing I like. I hate to stop is networking more than when somebody is really up on the pulpit, really preaching the good word. Look, mm -hmm. Jesse Langell is here. Jesse, how do they get in touch with you? See me at thelangellfirm.com. There's several places on the website to get in touch with me, thelangellfirm.com. L-A-N-G-E-L for the Langell firm.com. Matt Korsky, how do we get in touch with you? I need some of those donuts, by the way. How do we get in touch with you? Uh, you can find us at uh, greenstreeteatery.com, greenstreetfoodtruck.com. So if you have any private events you need a food truck for, you can uh, hire us for that. And we're pretty active on social media. Instagram is uh, kind of the main jam for us, and that's at greenstreeteatery or at greenstreetfoodtruck. Do you ship out of state, Matt? Uh, we, we, drive on, we drive out of state, but we don't ship yet. Have the truck, Val. One day you might just I see really, me. I really I want know. that mac and cheese. We'll get them, Matt. I'll call you later. We'll work out the mac and cheese thing. I'll, uh, at Green Street Eatery, at Green Street Food Truck on Facebook, at Green Street Eatery, at Green Street Food Truck on the Instagram, which has really become my favorite social media because I don't know. I like to do videos, put my funny face up there. Val, anything from you? How do they get in touch with you before we got to go? So if you're interested in supporting uh, this podcast and you'd like to sponsor, you can send us an email at Valerie, V-A-L-E-R-I-E, at pal-show, not underscore, I always have to say that, Val, um, Jesus, Valerie at pal-show.com. Or if you just really know a great guest or you yourself feel you would love to come on the show and contribute, please help us spread compassion. And that's it. And and if you're looking for us on social media, Professionals and Animal Lovers Show, everywhere, Pal Show, you'll find us. And now I breathe. In his total commitment to nonviolence, Gandhi always included the animals by stating the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. Love your animals. Yeah. Be compassionate, everybody. Make it a great day. Thank you, guests. Thank you, guys.
Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 